2: This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world, with your host, Alan Smith, a veteran of OTR trucking, business entrepreneur, and the most recognized name for assisting CDL students and new graduates. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins Right now.
3: Yes, and here we are again. Thanks to Mr. J. Michael Collins for the intro to the show, the voice behind many of the movie trailer promos that you hear. And he's on the web at JMCvoiceOver dot com. So very glad to have him as our show announcer and we are live at this very moment on Thursday, July 19th, 2012. Appreciate you tuning into the program. And uh, I'm Alan Smith along with my partner and co-host Donna Smith as we broadcast from our location here in Citrus County, Florida, just a hop skip away from beautiful Crystal River, Florida, and our show this evening is about whatever um whatever trucking topic that comes up i guess we're just going to wing it as we go like we do whenever we have these trucking roundtable open forum shows so no particular topic on the agenda we'll just go with the flow and see where it all leads we'll just let the program choose the course it wants to take on whatever trucking issue comes our way and hopefully have a little fun as we go along so uh, donna i guess uh you were just mentioning to me uh I guess we're giving away a Cobra Bluetooth headset on the show tonight, huh?
0: Tonight we're giving away one Bluetooth uh, Cobra Bluetooth headset, and we're going to ask a question, and the first one who answers it Wins you do need to pick it up when you, uh, when you attend the convention. it'll be there waiting for you, and you still that does not eliminate you from the other five thousand dollars worth of cobra uh, prizes that will be given away so that's this is just an extra one uh, that that Cobra's given away. so uh, we'll be announcing the question. The hint is the answer is going to be on the truth about uh, the trucking social media website page uh, under the topics and speakers so it's going to be a one of the speakers that are attending so that the answer will be on that page so um
3: well you're making it easy for them
0: well you know uh think <laughs> it's too hard you know
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're we going to do that after we come back or now or what or how's it working
0: well, let them let them get on the page and look at the page and then in a little bit we'll ask the question and then a little okay. bit later, you know, uh, announce when you want it to start. I don't know how you want to do it because I know a lot of people are on the lines now, but it's going to be the people with their hands up when you say okay, you know, answer the question and then the first person with to put their hand up on your switchboard will probably win it
3: okay well I'll just let you handle that so we'll get rolling and we'll just see where the show leads so quick break if you'd like to join the conversation be a part of the show our call in number three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero and when we come back Don and I will kick it off with well I don't know what we'll kick it off with you'll have to stay with us to find out come be a part of the program three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero trucking roundtable open forum this evening On Truth About Trucking Live, be right back. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. I hear from a lot of newcomers to the industry who still have that entrepreneur spirit that has made the United States of America the great country that she is, and many of them still have one goal in mind, and that is to someday have their own rig and become an owner operator. Truth About Trucking Live is all about providing honest, reliable information about the OTR trucking industry, especially for those just beginning their truck driving careers. Running your own trucking business is part of the entrepreneurial spirit that has kept America moving since truck were first used by the military in World War I. If you're considering starting your own owner-off business, there's only one name that you need to know, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. LoneMountainTruck.com offers the best lease purchase plans in the industry. There's no huge balloon payment at the end, and when you make that final monthly payment, they hand over the title, The Truck Is Yours. They require a very reasonable down payment, and the monthly payments are kept at an affordable $1,000 per month and sometimes even less. A great inventory to choose from, including Peterbilt's, Volvo's, International's, and Freightliners. And all of their trucks are mechanically checked out, dependable, and ready to go to work. And unlike trucking company leases, if you choose to change motor carriers, the truck goes with you. It's your truck. Check them out at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free, 866-512-5685. LoneMountainTruck.com, the honest guys for the sweet lease deals. LoneMountainTruck.com.
4: Hey,
5: ready, Porter? Man, it's crowded tonight. Care if I join you? Sure, have a seat. Sorry about the paperwork. Name's Cole. Appreciate it. I'm Harlan, by the way.
0: Here's a fill-up for you guys. Thanks, honey. Harlan, you look hungry. What can I get you?
5: I'll have a coke and whatever he's having.
0: Back in a bit.
5: What are you doing with all this paperwork, driver? Looks like you're tripping over your trip sheet want to get a jump on these taxes before they jump me. There is a better way to manage your trucking paperwork. With TripSheetCentral.com, you're a login away from tracking every aspect of your business. TripSheetCentral.com organizes your information easily so you can see how your business is performing. That sounds easy. And it's fast. Time-consuming paperwork is eliminated with a low-cost monthly subscription. I no longer have to worry about invoices, settlement reports, or fuel tax returns. TripSheetCentral.com does that for me. Manage your business information securely with TripSheet Central. Visit TripSheetCentral.com at your next stop.
2: This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at com. Now, back to the show.
3: Okay, we're back. and uh, Well, Donna, just during that short little break, I had about 25 more listeners pop up here on the line. So um, <clears throat> they might have missed it. So we're going to give away a uh, Bluetooth headset courtesy of cobra electronics uh one of our sponsors of the truck driver convention and you're going to be asking a question a little bit later and i'll i'll just grab phone numbers at random and whoever answers the questions they get a cobra bluetooth right
0: that's it okay
3: <laughs> all right well so we'll begin on this trucking roundtable open forum discussion this evening i don't know where we want to begin i guess you know donna above anything else um we should first mention the uh, the sad news received about Max Vedera.
0: Oh, absolutely.
3: He, you know, he's uh Max was the uh the former senior editor of Trucker's News magazine and who was uh, uh had currently been working for Landline magazine as a contributing editor <clears throat> and uh Max passed away on this last Sunday, July 15th, and uh, I never got to meet Mr. Vedera and I can't say that I actually knew him, but we did have him on our show as a guest at least twice that I know of and the the thing that struck me about him Donna was his his intelligence. The man was so well spoken and you could tell that he was just filled with knowledge. I I got to speak with him not not just on the show but a few times on the phone as well. And uh he seemed like a really nice man, so uh you know, very sorry to hear about this loss and we want to share our condolences to his wife Pam and his son Alex and all other family friends and Co-workers for their loss, so uh, a little sad news there, Donna.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, um, I just when Todd sent the the email, um, you know, Todd Dills from Overdrive because he he was on the show with uh, the shows we had with Todd, and I just you know when you just stare at a screen, <coughs> excuse me, I just couldn't believe it. So, but he had a, um, an, it was an accident. Um, he was uh, cutting a tree in Washington where he where he lived and um i mean i don't know the details but that's what happened
6: yeah so
3: sorry to hear that and uh but uh i guess um they're planning a write up or something and uh just it, uh, just found out about it yeah that well
0: Oida i know has a write up because see, he was he was now working uh for landline and uh they both uh have like an article written um you know owida and Overdrive.
3: Yeah, so anyway, our condolences there. So, um, well, I don't know. It's open forum. So uh, we got a lot of listeners on the line. If some some hands up. We'll get to you as we roll along here. I guess, uh, uh, I don't know, Donna. I mean, I've been hearing a lot about um, FMCSA, you know, shutting down uh, trucking companies for safety violations. Did you hear about them shutting down that company? for uh, violations against safety for the third time. It's uh, Alabama-based trucking company, MTI Transportation. Uh, then they discovered the company was transporting goods, uh, I guess, under BM&L Trucking. Yeah. And then a third time, they called them for IDM Transportation. So this has brought about a, a term, term they're calling, chameleon carrier, changing color, so to speak, and operating under a new name. And, with uh with 500,000 carriers carriers in the U.S. the FMCSA probably finally figured that you know we're going to have to do something different in order to stop this practice of unsafe companies reincarnate reincarnating themselves. So actually, it goes back on May 29th of this year. The FMCSA posted a new rule that amended uh, the rules of practice for motor carriers. So FMCSA continuing their crackdown on these unsafe regulatory practice and. And what about the bus lines? Big time crackdown on them. 26 bus lines I know of back in May, so uh doing what they said they were going to do.
0: Well, I know um Rich Wilson and um he's he's in the chat room tonight. I'm sure he's listening also. Um he had predicted uh a lot of this going on, you know, way back. Um he deals with it all the time. Uh so this this is just I think this is just the beginning. Um you know, it's <laughs> it's kind of I mean, that is a legitimate thing. I mean, you you shouldn't be shut down and then, you know, just keep carrying on like nothing ever happened. So there is a lot of good to the CSA, but there's a lot also to be desired, and uh, we're going to talk about that tonight.
3: Well, uh, this may be uh, Richard on the line, and uh, I tell you what, this is – let me move all this stuff away. This is open – open forum so i want to get i just want to let's just open it up and get people in here and we'll see where it goes uh i think this is richard wilson with trans products and trans services uh richard is that you that's me there you are okay and we've got uh where we've got here 720 colorado there's a hand up uh colorado area code 720 you're on the air with us too who's this
7: no, it's Kari, and I didn't know I was feeling blind to be on the show. Hi, how are you guys?
3: Okay, good, Kari. We're good. Well, uh, listen, I uh, haven't done this uh, open form in a while, so I'm just going to keep the lines open. If you all want to drop off, just tell me. I'm looking through all the other lines here. We've got about, uh, let's see, I've got 50 lines here. One, two, three, five, uh Got about forty forty one listeners just on the line so um no hands up, it's just you two guys, so uh we'll just roll with it. Uh oh, there's another one. Let me just try to get this might be a little little fun here tonight. Let me see where this is. I think I know where that is. Uh Texas area code area code nine three six. Let me pull your mic up. Okay. Texas, you're on the air with us. Who's this?
6: Hello, Alan. This is Greg Newman.
3: Hey Greg. Hello. How you doing?
6: I'm just fine. Nice to talk to you.
3: Yeah, you too. I tell you what, okay, we've got everybody up here and we'll just roll with it, see where we go. Richard, you were the first one, so where do you want to take us?
8: Um, a follow up what Donna was saying about these uh trucking companies getting shut down and the CSA. Um <clears throat> this past yeah, past week uh there was some testimony in the small business. About the effect on CSA with the motor carriers, and I'm really seeing this a lot right now with what I'm doing. Um, in fact, I'm in eastern PA, right now dealing with a carrier that was shut down. Uh, is that me?
0: I, I don't know. Yeah, I think oh. so. Uh, maybe not. Okay. I don't know.
8: Oh, anyway. Um, the CSA is really starting to show its colors, and what I what I predicted, and several other people predicted, especially last year at the uh, convention, um, it's, it's really pointing out the smaller carriers, and uh, because you know with only having one or two trucks, they're getting numbers. Not only is CSA creating a problem for the carriers themselves. What it's causing on business, because now, um, as pointed out in the small business uh, hearing, that shippers and receivers are looking at SMS and not looking at the big picture, but just the threshold numbers that are up there, and are denying on loads. And businesses, brokers now, are adjusting their their uh, what they're offering the guys based on a SMS number. Uh I've seen it with I've seen it with people that I've been working with here lately that their freight is going down between twenty and 18, 18 to twenty three percent on the amount they were getting getting paid on the same loads because their SMS numbers are, are, are too high. And unfortunately I'm also filing data queues at an average of six to twelve a week on erroneous write-ups by DOT officers, it's starting to get really, really bad.
3: Yeah, well, you know, talk about, you know, we saw where also, you know, OIDA is suing FMCSA over the PSP, and, um, you know, and for the, you know, uh, you know, new drivers and students and everything out there listening, too, you know, we all know that the PSP gives employers access to the records, you know, of these drivers who's applying for work, but it's been pointed out, by uh, by Richard and Oida and, you know, many others, that the information in the PSP system is not always accurate, and it's hard for the drivers to get corrected. And, and uh, you know, just like the DAC report that I pointed out all the way back in August of 2011, you know, just, just Google PSP becoming second DAC report, and you'll find my post there. So a lot of us saw this coming, and um, and like you mentioned on the data queue, uh, Richard, they're they're going through the data queue system, trying to correct the problem, and basically the agency is just uh, uh, just not doing anything about it.
0: Well, what, they're, they're making the, the 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 what do you call it? The DOT the final judge in it. In other words, even if if it's thrown out of court, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, Richard, but even if it's thrown out of court, it's still on the PSP. Is this correct?
8: Right, right, right. In other words, you get it. You. I, I just won a case in Virginia about three weeks ago. Um, there was a definite uh, overzealous uh, Virginia State DOT cop, and we won the case hand, hands down. That's only part of the battle because that's the that's the fine structure. That's the civil penalty uh, by the state. Now the next thing is it takes thirty plus days for it to show up onto the uh, SMS, um, and then and and the mixes. Once it shows up, then we have to file a data queue. Well that same officer
1: that I need in court
8: has the final say whether or not he removes that. So if, you know even though you win a case in court doesn't necessarily mean it'll be removed because it's it's the FMCSA has nothing to do with data queue as far as removing an item. The, the data queue is the information is passed on to the DOT officer or each individual state has a, uh, like a commission, and some are, there, there's variances of how it works, but they may have like a board or a panel or whatever made up of state troopers or officers in that particular state, and they present the evidence that you present to them on the under the um, data queue, and your documentations and everything are presented to them, and then what they turn around and do is they bring the officers and they say, okay, here's the, here's what they presented. What do you think? And if the officer doesn't decide, or the the commission, or the council, or the, the whatever the body is, doesn't feel that uh, you haven't presented enough evidence to show where they're wrong, even though you were, even though you beat them in court, it necessarily means you're going to get it removed from the sms or the mixes now that is what elida has filed elida has filed like uh uh, under four stipulated four or five stipulated cases where the driver actually won the case in court and elida wants them to answer specifically why aren't you removing this from the, the the data queue or do i you know you're not removing it from the sms and the answer they're getting is, well, the officer didn't feel that it was erroneous. Even though you you may have won your case in the court, doesn't mean you won your case in the court of the DOT. And so that's why they're filing suit. And another group, by the way, has filed suit, um, along with OIDA, uh, trying to prove that um, that it's states right in there that, It's supposed to be used for... The the data achieved and received under CSA is to be used for enforcement purposes only uh, and for the determination of who gets an intervention and not to be used for the civilian population to use against the company as far as any type of particular data to keep them from, um, you know, offering them business. And it's obviously it is. So again, like I said before, even the own Federal Motor Carrier's um, uh, website, where you go on and you click about um, the PowerPoint for CSA uh, for drivers, it says in there, will not be used against you, but it, and then in five paragraphs or five slides later, it says, can be used by investigators to determine who's a chronic violator. And if it can be used against you, then how's the data going into the PSP? and being used against the driver to make them unemployable. So here again, not only is the CSA's own PowerPoint um kind of barking up two trees, the whole purpose of CSA, which is for enforcement purposes only and for safety, is being used now to control the, the, the data on the drivers, uh and as well as the carriers, and it could cost the carriers shippers using them and having to go to brokers, and now brokers are actually cutting the rates if a cut carrier has a high PSP and making the drivers, you know, uh, unemployable. So by saying that, CSA has turned right around and and has been used as a sort of Damocles that we predicted two years ago would be used. And now that that is there, and the federal government and the states are using it exactly what it was – not what it was designed for, but what the – uh circumstances around what could lead to as we
6: predicted. Yeah, this is exactly what
3: uh several of us had predicted, just like you said, Richard, and and I'll uh, uh you know, you're uh, you're the regulations expert. I, and Kari and Greg, I still got your uh, your mics open. Just feel free to jump in. We've got another hand up here from uh, uh Georgia. Uh let me try to pull up the mic here. Area code four zero four uh, Georgia, go ahead.
0: Who's this?
9: Hi, this is Jeff Hedge.
0: Oh, hi, Jeff. Hey Jeff. Um you had a perfect example um uh that you posted on Facebook. Um is that is that what you called in to, to tell people what happened?
9: Oh yeah. Facebook called uh, in Atlanta. Uh I was not at fall, but I got points on my CSA. So mm-hmm. I- a package And mailed it off to all my representatives And Representative Tom Graves Got back in touch with me But before he did He got in touch with Ryan Boley of OIDA up there in Washington D.C. And they had a big meeting And now um, Tom Graves is looking into uh, Seeing what he can do about it from my end
0: I And what happened I'm of-
9: mm-hmm. sorry uh, excuse me.
0: Uh, what what happened? What what was the incident?
9: Uh, a car had ran up uh, uh, underneath my trailer. Uh, it had got hit in the windshield with a tire and lost control and then hit me. Um, I was in no way at fault at
4: and, and it.
0: Okay. Rich, can you can you add to? I mean, is this not ridiculous? And I know there was big thing about it with um, with Alida. They had a. Um, some kind of a, a, a post. I forgot. I can't keep them all straight. It was something about you know somebody's on fire about all this. Is that the one?
8: What do you What do you have
0: to say about that?
8: Uh, um, so you, Jeff, you brought up a very good point. Um, in the last three months, I have filed twenty-seven data cues on accidents that were not the fault. Could not have been the fault. The driver in no way could have done anything to avoid the accident, they were like Jeff was, sitting still or whatever, and people ran into the car, and, yeah, they were a recordable accident based on the three criteria of recordable. If a vehicle is damaged and has to be towed, if, a drive, if an individual is injured and has to be transported for immediate care, or somebody dies, it's a recordable accident. Well, recordable accident does not use, you notice I did not in there once say the word fault. So by being federally recordable, it automatically goes against your crash index, and it's not whether it's preventable. I did not say preventable or non-preventable, but recordable. And every accident, whether it's your fault or not, will you take a small carrier or an owner-operator, and they base it on the amount of accidents and a certain criteria and time frame based on the amount of miles that that carrier runs. So a guy with a single unit running 185 to 200,000 miles a year has an accident based against a carrier with ten thousand trucks running, you know, two hundred million miles. Obviously, you know, a hundred accidents with the big carrier isn't going to isn't going to show up or create a problem with the threshold. Plus, the overzealousness of the federal motor carrier is—they are sending warnings and intervention letters saying you need to improve your accident when the persons only had one accident, and it wasn't their
0: fault and Well, let me ask you a question when cSA first started, they looked they had a three and five year look back three years for all your uh, violations, five years for crashes and if I remember correctly, um, crashes were based on either uh if there was a fatality. Or uh, or an ambulance was called or something like that. Am I am I correct? Am I remembering correctly on that?
8: It was based on recordability. Federally record federally recordable accidents. Federally recordable accidents are defined as an accident where damage is incurred upon the vehicle in that accident. The vehicle has to be towed and cannot be removed under its own power. Number two, if a person is injured as a result of that accident and has to be removed and transported for emergency treatment or somebody dies. But nowhere in there is it, does it say who is at fault. It just says those are the criteria. So based on the criteria of federal recordability, any recordable accident that you have, whether it's your fault or not or where you're a victim of circumstance, um, goes against your. it, it goes against the, the threshold of crash, the crash indicator threshold. And the problem of it is, you could have a carrier like i've got i've got several carriers that have three or four accidents none of which were their fault in one in one case one carrier had three accidents where their trucks were completely stopped and somebody ran into them i have another carrier that is has is a motor coach company and they've had four accidents and not one of them was their driver moving the, the vehicle was not moving somebody ran into it and two of those was a big yellow school bus with flashing lights and a railroad crossing and somebody ran underneath the bus so in in all indications in all cases nothing was there that indicated any action that could have been taken by the driver to avoid being involved in the accident and that still counts just the same as a chargeable accident that's the problem there's no differentiation between recordable preventable and chargeable they all have same criteria and the same amount of of impact and that is totally wrong because that's like saying if alan has bad luck and he walks out in the yard and a bird messes on his shoulder he's at fault because he shouldn't Mm -hmm. have been in luck you know what I mean? So, so that's what I'm saying. That is that is the situation with the crash indicator, and that's one of the re- one of the things OIDA is looking into seriously because crash data will cause insurance to go up, will cause carrier or shippers and and not to use a carrier because you have a high crash. Oh, that's that's not public information. Sure, it's public information. All you got to do is go down and click on it. You don't even need to pin them.
0: Well, I found it. There it was a great article, and it, this is the one I was thinking of. I, I printed it out, or part of it printed out, but that's okay. Key issues prompt fi- fireworks during small business hearing on CSA. Now they have this um, this this gentleman, the deputy administrator, Bill uh, Bernat, Br- on yeah. the FMCSA website. I mean, isn't that whole thing up there?
8: Yep. It's, okay. No, it's- let me, let me clarify that. Okay. That is the federal motor on, – on the FMCSA website, that is a federal motor carrier's statement of what he testified, which means <clears throat> it's his written speech.
0: It's his written what?
8: That's his written speech. That's the speech that was written for him to give. Now, you okay. go on the other website where they show the testimony – <clears throat> and the landline put it up, I believe. Um, and you will notice when questioned after yes. he his, after he gave his statement,
0: he yes. was
8: questioned very uh, methodically. And did not come up with some really good
0: answers, I'm sorry well, that's I wanted to read tonight, okay, just a very small portion of that um okay, and then let's get some other callers in here okay just to 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 cover this uh uh representative Steve Shabbat, I guess the way you pronounce it uh he's a um from Ohio. Yeah. he questioned him, and he said uh so let me stop you right there, he says and make sure that I hear you right. And he's speaking with the um, Deputy Administrator, Bill Barnett. You said, currently you just take into consideration that an accident happened and that's counted against you? doesn't matter whose fault it was? Is that what you said? Barnett says, responding and saying that the agency uses the occurrences of all crashes as an indicator because there is a very strong positive correlation between crash involvement and the chance of a future crash. Oh, my God. So he comes back and says, again, just to be sure that I understand what you're saying, it doesn't matter whose fault it was. It's counted, the bot says. For example, I'm a truck driver. I stop at a light, and someone isn't paying attention behind me, or perhaps they're intoxicated. They crash into the back of me, and I've done nothing wrong. I was stopped at a red light. You're saying that would be weighted against me, yes or no. And then Bernat defers to DiLorenzo, De just to be clear, and he says, yes, it is. There's the answer, Shabbat said. So this was really, I mean, there's more to this whole thing, but I just had to read that tonight because I could not believe it. This is the one that was in Landline. Um, let's see, Jamie Jones wrote this. So, <clears throat> anyway, what I mean, is it not ridiculous, Richard? I mean, I, I don't know. I can't believe it.
8: It's a fact i mean it's 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 a it's a sorry fact, but it's a fact, and you know that is that that is one of the the weaknesses and Alan, you know this, I said that when it first came out about it that that was gonna well, be a weakness that was gonna bite us in the butt, and here it is remember
3: yeah well, I was that show, I was right along with you i mean I know um that post I made was last August of 2011. It's just like what happened with USIS when they ran DAC, and now just what happens most often with the current DAC Operation higher Rights. So uh, at least a year ago, you know, I predicted that the driver PSP would be a, become another DAC report. Uh, you, know, you, you know, you did too. You probably beat me to the punch. I mean, there were several others, several people saying out there, some, some other people was writing me saying, no, that's not going to happen, Alan, because... This is going to be much more regulated than DAC, and well, here we go. It's happening.
8: Yeah, yeah. it's even worse than DAC. It's worse than. DAC. Yeah. Yeah. DAC, to DAC, you got to you got to subscribe to DAC. This is right. this is this is available information in the public forum. It's and, worse. And that, by the way, I have I, I. It's funny that you brought that up about higher rate. I have a meeting at two o'clock on Monday with a representative of higher, higher rate that's coming into one of my carriers. It doesn't know I'm there, and I'm meeting with them, and I read the documentation that they send the carrier. And amazing thing is there's only 2,700 carriers subscribed to DAC. There's 750,000 CDL com- or, uh, DOT companies out there, but 2,750 subscribe to DAC, which means that I can only get information on a driver's background from 2,700 carriers out of, say, 200,000.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So, I am
8: mean, it's so real- it's
0: really, I mean, the availability is is much worse.
3: Well, it's just it's just like Jeff here on the line. You know what's happening to him? He's going through this, and and uh, well, I'm glad you're here with us, Richard. You've been a regulatory expert. Let's let's see where let's see where else we go. I know Greg and Carrie still hanging on here,
0: and uh, well, Greg, Greg, when we pro- talk about the deaf De- truckers group, he huh? has an interesting story to share with us, but that'll come up um, a little later.
3: Yeah, but that but that also. Uh, We'll cover a lot of regulations, yeah. so thank goodness Richard here is with us with TransProducts.com. But, Kari, you've been holding on, and, uh, Greg, will get to you. Uh, here, boy, here comes some more callers. We're going to try to get everybody on here. Kari, what do you want to bring to the round table? Go ahead.
7: Well, I noticed that Elaine Taft is going to be one of the guest speakers from Uh-oh. FMCSA. That should be a good open forum.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um that's funny because well, I'm not going to tell you why it's a coincidence. You'll find out later. But um anyway, yeah, she's going to be the um speaking about the medical uh regulations like sleep apnea. Um her her title is um Rich, help me here. I don't have the website in front of me. What is her title? Medical director or um she's medical a, chief?
8: She's the medical um director for um um <laughs> just a second, I'll
3: tell you here. Let me just bring it up here. Uh yeah,
8: she's the head she, doctor girl. <laughs> She
3: is the uh, Division Chief of the Office of Medical Programs at the FMCSA.
0: Okay.
8: ODKSA, Medical Program Specialist.
0: That's it. And she's going to address, because we spoke to her on the phone, and she's going to you know, be talking about the new uh, qualifications for um the medical examiners and sleep apnea bmi um anything to do with medical um and that that that's good because i know we do have a a lot of the um the group uh, attending, and this way they can they can address those questions. But I know a lot of drivers are interested in that uh, the sleep apnea, and I and she does have a presentation on that. So uh, anyway, yeah, thanks, Carrie. Yeah, we're we're excited to have both Rich because Rich is going to cover all the other regulations, <clears throat> um, and obviously, you know, when we have the open forum, uh, I'm sure you're going to. Pipe in on that too, Rich, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The,
8: way, the way things are going right now. It looks like I I could probably take two days.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I it's in, it, it, we've got so much to cover, um, and all the information. It like last year, it was a tremendous amount of information. Everybody uh, walked away with, and this year it seems like so much more is going on within the industry that. You know, you could probably have a three-hour presentation on regulations, easy.
8: Oh yeah. Well, and the thing about it is, is the, this, the discussion, the discussion portion of it, which is regulations that are two, three, four years down the road, um, is, is, you know, what we're seeing in our crystal balls is unbelievable. The amount of stuff that, that's coming down the pike—it's not better; it's worse.
0: Yeah. So I'm. I'm expecting we're both expecting uh, a lot of people in that open forum this year you know um and, and for those of you who didn't attend last year what happens is uh there is a a podium that you can stand up and ask the panel uh everybody on the panel who's pretty much all the speakers um ask them a question or make a statement about how you feel either uh, about regulations or what's going on in the industry, whatever it is, and uh, it, it's really it's really quite an opportunity for those of us who who don't get to you know walk up and, and do this and just have it all videotaped and you know and then it goes up on YouTube and uh, it's out there and that's one of the uh, things of the convention is. To have the public awareness, and we're hoping that these videos where people walk up and make statements, you know, can get out there and shared across the Internet, and it will give public awareness. But that's just a little for those of those who didn't uh, attend last year.
3: Okay. Kari, was that it? Did you have anything else to add or anything?
0: No, we ran out of missing truck driver decals
7: and check out the business relationship last weekend at the Chuckers Jamboree in Walcott. So hopefully we'll have some more of those for sale soon. I'll you, that going strong. Things are going really well.
0: Okay. Well, what happened at the, other, at the Jamboree? I'm sorry, Corey, I didn't get it.
7: Uh, we stuck up a business relationship with a couple of young men that uh, we're going to be doing some trading back and forth, so we should have some details um, okay, on order well, here pretty soon.
0: Well just just let people know who you are and what you do. Um Kari yeah. is the founder of the Missing Truck Driver uh network and um she has decals to put on your uh on your car, your truck and uh you, if you go to missingtruckdriver.com, you sign up and you can be alerted when there is a missing truck driver. Kari will be at the convention there with all her literature and more information. But this is quite a movement now. They they just found not recently, you know, what, about two, three days ago, another driver in his truck uh, deceased. So um, we're, we're, this is something, a much-needed program. So thanks, Kari, for filling us in on that. Thank
3: you. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Cary. Listen, got a, a caller from North Carolina. I'll get to you here in a second. Jeff, I uh, wanted to give you another chance. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add or ask Richard? He's the regulations expert here.
9: Uh, well, first of all, I think, I think Cary's doing a great job there with that missing thing. That's awesome. Um, but in over 30 years of trucking, I've been in five wrecks, none of them my fault. With the way they're supporting these points on CSA. How am I supposed to justify going out buying new and safer equipment when the actions of somebody else can take me out just like that?
0: Well, yeah, that's yeah. that's the whole point. And don't you have a book, uh, Jeff, that you want to share with everybody, uh, Running Legal Blues? Is that correct? Am I uh, correct?
9: Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's about my experiences over the years. Uh, I used to run pretty wild well when I was younger, and I made the decision to uh, go ahead and run legal. And the book is about my experiences and all the things that happen to a driver that makes makes that decision, um, from government to other drivers to shippers and receivers, and, and you know they they need trucks that that can move freight, and it's 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 a hard thing to deal with, but you can do it if you try. And, and I appreciate you letting me talk about my book a little bit. <clears throat>
8: Okay, yeah,
3: so your book is on, we we have a lot of, uh, you know, CDL students, newcomers listen to our show, especially from our archives, so uh, Mm
7: -hmm.
3: you're you're Jeff Head, uh, your book is available on Amazon.com. What's the name of the book again, Jeff? Uh,
9: Running Legal Blues. Running
3: Legal Blues on Amazon.com. So, and I'm always saying, I'm always telling CDL students, newcomers to the industry, you want to learn the industry read, you know, read everything you can and so there's a book there you can grab from amazon.com so uh appreciate it Jeff, thanks.
9: All right, thanks. Uh, appreciate it. Bye.
3: All right, be safe now and we'll go to uh uh jump up to North Carolina. Um let me see. Here, area code 336. Uh welcome to the show. Where are you going to take us?
1: Is that me Alan?
3: That's you. If you're a if, okay. if you're a three three six.
1: Yeah, this is Bill. How are you today, Alan?
3: Hey, I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks for thanks for joining
7: us.
1: Well, thank you for letting me speak. Uh just really briefly, um I've talked with Todd Dills repeatedly on this issue, uh, what you guys are talking about and the if I can go ahead and say it, the show that Richard was on last night with uh Rob and Joe uh talked to them a good couple hours before the show and brought this up and is I was not able to speak on that show. We we had some other friends that were uh visiting with us last night, so uh talked with them in great depth before they uh did the show last night on this issue here. And my thing I can't pull the computer up, but uh Deb's listening to the show behind me, so I can't really get to where I have it bookmarked. Uh, But if you Google the 4th and the 15th Amendment, um, that basically gives us the right to uh, basically be heard in the court of law. It's the Bill of Rights. It guarantees any one of us, uh, if we get a ticket for anything, to be heard in basically a court of law. And uh, from what I'm hearing from OIDA and What's going on is that the FMCSA has just ignored what the court has said and basically said, well, we're going to penalize the driver anyhow or anyways. Uh, a headlight going down a going down road, a headlight can burn out, a light can burn out. Um, you could even, even, in fact, lose reflective tape or a mud flap or, or anything else like that. There are guys that you go down the road, uh, you go across a GW bridge, and if you've got a low trailer like I've got, and you've got mud flaps all the way in the back, you you risk that you may just rip off one of those mud flaps. And all of a sudden, well, I'm a bad driver because uh, all the bouncing and the bad pavement across the bottom part of the bridge, and anybody who's been across there knows what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> because of that, I'm a bad driver now? You know, and that's the question that Todd Dills posed. I said, how does that make you a bad driver? And it doesn't. And the guy's... Uh, I know that NASDAQ, when I started talking to them, they asked me how my PSP and CSA scores were, and I said, well, I'm in the negative right now. And they said, well, that's great because we've got a lot of guys who are above 80, and the brokers are refusing to use them, okay? So my question is, or my statement, or my point is, is that how is this justified when they're violating our basic American rights by the Constitution? The 4th and the 15th Amendment give us that right. So how are they able to do it? I mean, to me, I'm going to go on a limb here, and I, I know I'm going to get a lot of haters saying this. It's just another example of the current administration. I mean, he's doing what he wants to do, no matter what anybody says or advises him not to. He's signing everything, you know, like the COPR mandate. Who knows if he talked to anybody about it before he just signed it, you know. I mean, gosh, Lordy uh I'm just beside myself that a good driver could lose his job because of lights being burned out or a mud flat missing. Or what if you go into a, a, a truck wash and they use that they got an inexperienced kid back there on your back bumper and now all of a sudden your reflective tape is gone.
8: Can Bill Bill can I can yeah. I interrupt you for a second? Uh um, right let, let me let me explain uh something about constitutional law versus regulation. The Constitution states that you have the right to defend yourself in a court of law, and you have a right to bring yourself a jury of your uh, in front of a jury of your peers. Is a law. A regulation is different. A regulation is a is not passed by the House and the Senate, signed by the president, it doesn't go through the same con- constitutional process. A regulation is a is a. Um, Set up so it's it's designed by the group or the the governing body in this case the FMCSA, who goes through the mix act committee. It has to be produ- you know, published in the OMB by the OMB and the National Registry. Comments are made by the you know uh, parties involved or experts as, and then it comes back and then the FMCSA reviews the comments and takes into the weight consideration and then there are certain things that have to be mandated and they have to meet certain criteria before regulation go get, go in one of the one of the criteria when the hours of service came in was that all regulations concerning hours of service had to include a part of it that said to the health and well-being of the driver and in 2008 when the regulation was passed that was no, those words were not put into the regulation and the hours of service got stayed. <clears throat> and got held off until the most recent uh ones that came out in December. So, regulatory is a little bit different. Regulation can have a whole dis- different set of standards uh on on the re- the rating process really doesn't prove guilt or innocence because you can be the case in court and still be claimed innocent for the charges but on the s m s it's up to the it's up to the officer that assigned it or the or the group of individuals assigned by the state to review that and if they don't deem it as whether you're guilty or not that they don't think it's an erroneous violation, they don't have to remove it so basically you you don't get constitutionality, you don't get constitutional representation it's a regulation, and that's why they can basically say or do whatever they want and mandate however they want it to be graded. The part I don't like about it is, like you, a perfect point you brought up, if an individual goes out here and he gets a uh, serious enough violation write-up, say three or four violations, one of those violations is out of service, and which doubles the number. Well, who determines what number is assigned to it? So, in other words, you get a, you get a ticket for a light being out, in the state of Virginia, you might get two points. You get it in the state of Maryland, you might get eight points. And then if it's serious enough of a light that would cause it to be an out-of-service and put a 50-cent bulb in it, now all of a sudden it's times two because it's out-of-service. And then if you get more than one in a 24-month period, it's chronic or acute, in which automatically multiplies it again. So you get some poor guy that has you know, a bunch of lights on his truck, and he's constantly being rode out for lights being out, which he should fix when he does his pre-trip. But neither, nonetheless it doesn't make him an unsafe driver, like you said. But the next thing you know, the guy's sitting there, and he's 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 basically put out of business because nobody will load him because he had lights up.
3: Yep. Well, that's what we're seeing. You know, <laughs> Bill was bringing up the Fourth and Fifteenth Amendment, you know, and I, I I don't want to bring politics in here, but the first thing I thought of, well, our our our, our government is is ignoring the Constitution. So I, I mean, I guess that's just the, the the wave of the future, it seems. But you know, what what's going to happen, Richard? What can people do?
8: Well, I mean, right now the main thing is, is you know, I go back to my old original soapbox here. Let me slide it up under me is we have 13 million drivers out there that have voices that are being directly affected by these regulations, and even the states have jumped on board. As everybody knows, you run a red light and there's a camera. You can't fight that in court, okay, because it's it's designed, it's a civil penalty that's designed as a regulation that if you run a light and you're caught on camera, you're automatically guilty and you have to pay the fine. There's no court you can even take it to. Seatbelt no law. You get caught with a seatbelt off. You can't take it to court and fight it. And that's totally at the discretion of the officer. Same thing with cell phone. If an officer pulls you over and writes you up for a cell phone violation, which is even more serious than a commercial vehicle under unsafe driving, <clears throat> and you have no recourse because there's no way you can fight that because, you know, the officer says you did it, you did it. And it's the same thing as these regulations. You get erroneous violations thrown up by an officer, i got a perfect example of a case coming up that I'm getting ready to do. Just in Pennsylvania, a town cop wrote a driver up for not having a pre-trip form. Well, every driver out there knows there's no such thing as a pre-trip form. You do your DVI at the end of the day. You don't do it in the beginning of the day. So how can a guy be rode up for not having a pre-trip form in his truck? It's post-trip. So that tells me that officer has no idea what he's writing. He's just writing it up, because, and he writes a whole bunch of erroneous, Violations up on this guy, knowing the guy's probably from North Carolina he's not going to come back to Pennsylvania and fight it, and that's what they're doing. They're rating these up because they know the small business small businesses do not have the assets uh to go out you know three hundred four hundred five six hundred miles to go fight a five six seven hundred dollar uh uh you know ticket or fine. Because it would cost them more in, to go get a lawyer in that state and, 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 and to take the time off to drive to that location and play it than it would be to f- pay for it. The problem of it is, what they don't understand, that may be so. I don't think that's right, but it could be so. But it's the actions that could result from that based on what the roadside inspection is. And that's the whole thing. Yeah, if these guys are trying to make revenue for the state, they're trying to do what they're trying to do, and it's proven on case after case of erroneous violations, but yet the people can't afford to go fight them. They don't even get the chance to get it dismissed. But if they do take the time, the effort, the money, and the time, and they win the case in court, then they go and they file a data and said, hey, the judge in your jurisdiction said that this was wrong. And I beat the case, take it off my data queue, and the DOT says no, nope, we're not going to take it off your data queue. Sorry.
0: And what have you got? What have you done?
8: You just spent fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars to not pay a five hundred dollar fine, and you still get the repercussions as if you were actually guilty. So in a way, it's almost like legal double jeopardy based on regulation. Okay, so Rick, yeah, so and, let me, you know, I, if I, I can wanna, stop uh, your
1: your train of thought there, but if I if I don't if you don't mind, please. What is the solution, then, if we don't have the constitutional rights to back us up, as you say, because these are regulations written by the FMCSA in regards to the CSA and the PSP and all this other uh, junk, and that's a nice way to put it, what do we do or what can we do as American truckers – going to going forward i mean we need to do something to stop this there are people out there that are losing their jobs losing their careers because of road cops like we you're talking about and just stupid tickets that don't mean a thing it doesn't matter whether the driver is safe or not there are more people going on welfare more people losing their homes more people getting foreclosed on all because of this nonsense. And like I don't know who I was talking to these hours day, whether it was you or Alan or or Mr. Dills. Uh the thing is, this guy who made these comments to the Congress, he needs to resign. Just like Representative Landry said. He asked him if he was gonna resign. I think we need to start a motion to get this guy to resign. I'm serious. Really. I mean this guy needs to go. There there's there's no uh justification or uh, ratification to the actual things that he's writing and doing. He just wants. He's just doing what he wants to do and what his little lobbyist supporters are are paying him to do. He's not looking out for the better of the country. He's not looking out for the better of the truckers or
8: anybody. You, we all know that, right? There's one word. There's one word to answer this. Your, answer your question. Okay. Accountability. is not that what they told us as truckers? We're accountable. The drivers are accountable now with CSA. Everything is based on accountability. Well, now let's make the people that are making the regulations and the, and the erroneous violations accountable. So if an officer is writing erroneous violations and loses in the court of the law and, and, and that officer continues to be you know, lose cases because truckers are going to take it to the courts and they're going to fight these and they're going to prove them, even if they win it in the court and they don't have any recourse under the, under the SMS, the thing about it is hold that officer accountable, just like we're held accountable, and if he's writing these up, take, out, take away his mix app certification and make it so he can't do roadside inspections.
1: Okay, well, if you're saying he has to be held accountable, what does that do for the truck driver or the truck owner as, as someone like myself? You know, in our cases the P the, the CSA score still is there and still is uh accounted for according to the FMCSA. How do we prevent what I'm saying is it doesn't seem like we can prevent that from happening. Even if these guys, like what Oida has has pointed out, these guys are going to court, their their charges have been completely wiped out or reduced or whatever. Yet the FMCSA is still saying It's on the record, just like the the guys that you deal with on a daily basis, like you and I talk about. Now and then, the thing of it is, is that these guys still have this on their record, and then they become unemployable, and just like the people out at Nastic said, they become carriers that nobody wants to use. Here's another point, and I want you all to think about this very harsh, okay? If, and a big key word is if, and I posted this on Todd's Facebook page today, if the FMCSA, and the ATA were really concerned about truck safety out on the highways. Why are we still at a one year as a standard for the inspect for a federal inspection? I can go down the road today and my brake lines can chaff. I can go down the road today and one of my brake shoes can crack. Okay you know that's that's an extreme thing but everything there are things that happen to these trucks every single day out here if these guys are so committed to safety why are we still on the one year Landstar does 120 days mercer does every six months as a federal inspection there i'm sure there are other companies out there um, uh companies that run military military specialized freight they're on 30 days 60 days some 90 days I mean, there's, there's no real uh, safety direction that I'm seeing. I don't know what you guys are seeing, but I'm seeing a whole bunch of hoopla to put American truck drivers, the white guys, the black guys, the Hispanic guys, and even the foreigners who have come over and gotten the jobs properly. I'm seeing a push to shove all of us out of the industry on what is known as a CSA score.
8: That's ridiculous. I'm not disagreeing with you. I mean, I agree with you 100%. But uh, you. some 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 of the individual states also have uh, inspection periodicals that are that are uh, higher standard than what the federal motor carrier is. But, I mean, look at just what the certification of, of a, a person uh, is required of a person to do a federal DOT inspection. It's a form you fill out, you sign, and you put into a file, and all you got to do is show one year's experience in a truck, Commercial fleet, garage, or similar facility. What's a similar facility? Your backyard. I mean, that's yeah. what the that's that's the certification of a person able to do a DOT inspection. And I know right now there's a lot of these uh, outlaw carriers out there. Uh, and I'm not talking about the outlaw owner operators or you know the, the name given them. I'm talking about these companies that are popping up. I'll give you a perfect example: is Demco. Everybody knows the story about Demco oh, and how immediately how that happened. Uh, all of a sudden they were put out of service. Well, one of the things they were put out of service were was the fact that they had people certified to do annual inspections that had no more idea how to do an annual inspection than I know how to do brain surgery, but yet because of of the form was so easy to fill out, they could qualify all these people and sign, you know, annual inspection stickers and keep the trucks on the road. These trucks are not safe. A lot of trucks out here that's got an annual DOT sticker on them means nothing other than the fact that somebody that had a year's experience and then come on, there ain't nobody out here with a year's experience ought to be doing DOT inspections. That's how you make the highway safer, is get better qualified and make a better standard to do the inspection. But here again, you know, it's it's right now that's not going to solve our problem. Our problem is if I beat a court case and I win a case in court, or you win a court case in court against a, a company that or a, a police officer that automatically should be removed from the from the uh s m s automatically without any question if you file it, you send it in and you get a sworn affidavit from the judge or whatever, or you can prove that you that it was um dismissed in court, then it should be removed from your s m s It shouldn't be up to the office or the road to ticket who he's not going to admit he's got the court of, you know he's got a, two courts to deal with. The court of the magistrate or whatever plus the court of his opinion. And his well, opinion was already proven that it wasn't any good. Already well, well, can,
1: can I if I if I could just say these these violations that all of all of us have been written up for at one time or another, they're not egregious violations. For the most part, most of us who run honest and run compliant Within the constraints of the job, and you know what I'm saying, okay, these violations are nothing more than someone going down the street and a cop being behind them and a taillight's out, okay? That person, now I know what you're going to say, but just hear me out, okay? That person gets to repair that taillight. He gets a little slip, whether it be yellow, pink, or white. It's a repair order, and you have a certain amount of time to turn that back into your DMV. Some states still have it. Some don't. A lot of cops won't stop people for that just because of all the stupid paperwork. But we as an industry are getting penalized for what the general American joe public gets to go repair, and people are losing their careers over that. It's just, that just baffles my mind. How is someone losing a job? over these scores, and like what you just said, why aren't they allowed to take that documentation to the FMCSA or, or whoever and say this was found to be, you know, the officer was in the wrong. Um, I'd like this removed from my from my record, please. I have a clean record, and, and I got a clean record. I'd certainly, you know, fight to the teeth. You know me. I'd fight to the teeth to get it removed. But there are a lot of guys out there who just shrug their shoulders and go, what am I supposed to do? And then they're out of a job.
3: I yeah, well, you know, let, let me jump in here real quick, too. He, um, and then and then Greg, Greg's been holding a long time. I want to get him in here because he's going to lead us in a whole nother direction of FMCSA regulation. So, Greg, hold on. I'll be right there with you. But I was just going to say, uh, you know, listen to you guys. And, Richard, you just mentioned, you know, court and court order. Uh, but we're seeing this in other areas, too, just like OIDA, who challenged uh, the CVSA, uh, the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance, uh, concerning uh, you know the Minnesota State Patrol putting drivers uh, out of service for fatigue, and uh, there it was a U.S. District Court judge, uh, you know he 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 shot it down saying it was unconstitutional, and yet uh, as far as I know, uh, they're still doing that in Minnesota, so basically violating a court order. So even if you get a court order. <laughs> through a judge, uh <laughs> these things still yep. are still going on.
8: And all they got to do is ask you a question. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. you walk up and say, "Are you tired? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, do you feel bad? Yeah, I'm not feeling real good. I'm a little rosy around my cheeks, I guess. Oh, driving while ill."
3: Yeah, yeah. So now, and we've talked about this before too, Richard. So now it's making police officers doctors.
8: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe they can do the brain surgery. I'm not qualified to do.
3: Yeah, so, well, I just thought that was funny when you when you brought up, you know, hey, go in and get a court order, and, well, they got, uh, well, I was successful in getting a court order against it, but they were still doing it, so. Uh, yep. Well, listen, my, mics are still open. Let's get Greg in here. He's been holding on for uh, since the beginning of the show, and we'll see. Uh, this is open forum, so.
0: Well, I just want to, because Greg's, um, what he's going to say has to do a little bit about what I wanted to introduce with well, Deaf Truckers.
3: Also, Donna, we've got to give away a Bluetooth headset.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. Here's the question you have to answer. The first person who raises their hand uh, gets the Cobra Bluetooth headset. And before we told you, uh, the hint was to go look on the Trucking Social Media page under Topics and Speakers. It's a really easy question, guys. Oh, you think? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Who is our regulatory speaker at the convention this year? Well, you said one or two of them. Well, we have two. uh, Either one. Either one, if you know the name of either one. Richard um, Wilson would be one. Well, well, he just gave away one of the answers, so I guess does that maybe he wins it? We'll give we'll give another person a chance too, because give uh,
1: somebody else another chance. I've known I knew that before you guys even said it. <laughs> it was
0: uh, it was
3: it was the next uh, next person to raise their hand. So uh, uh, let me see, we got one here from uh, Colorado that just popped up real quick. Area code 303. Go ahead.
7: How are you doing,
1: Sarah, about night, hour?
3: I'm good. Who's this? This is Lee. Hi, Lee. Hey, Lee. What's going on?
1: Headed up the road in the hot truck.
3: <laughs> okay. What do you got for us tonight?
7: Uh, your, your guest speakers are Rich Wilson and Ann
0: Okay, so I guess I guess we got two winners tonight. We've got uh, Bill and Lee. So you just get a um, a Bluetooth headset.
3: Okay. All right. So that's that's all done. That's what that's how we'll do I, it then.
0: I, and we'll be doing this again. Um, well, Lee's
3: great, man. Because the last time we did this, we gave away a Cobra twenty nine uh, CB. and He got that one. Oh, is that what you
0: won last
7: time?
3: Yeah. <laughs> so now he's got a Bluetooth. We're gonna to have to start putting Lee uh, just uh, out of these contests.
0: <laughs>
3: no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, Lee, you, Lee, you've got a Bluetooth headset from Cobra coming. Pick it up at the convention. Bill, you've got one. We'll just we'll just give away two tonight. Hey, let's just have some fun tonight. So, uh, well, good, good. I'm glad we gave those away. That's what it's all about, and uh, I'm glad it went to drivers. So that's what we're here for. Let's get this Greg Newman guy in here. He has been so patient, holding on the whole time. Greg, uh, come on back in here with us. Are you still with us?
6: Hey, Greg. Yes, Yes, ma'am. I'm still here.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, this this is how these open forums go. And uh, Bill, uh, Richard, still got your mics open. That's what it's all about. So uh, uh, Donna, lead us in here with with Greg here. I know you've been dealing with him a lot here, too. This is all about the... um, um, uh, Deaf Truckers United.
0: Yes, this is um and this this is actually an inspirational story because um this is what can be accomplished uh when people voice uh what they what they want, what they believe in. And also, and this is another key, it's it they're very organized. They have a group. It's called Death Truckers United. And they uh they do research, they share it amongst themselves and then they prepared for the national association of deaf uh conference and they actually met with Larry Miner uh of the FMCSA and he is the associate administrator for policy and program development and it was a very it was really uh, an inspirational story um how they addressed all their concerns how they felt that they were being um Uh, that the regulations are unjust, that deaf drivers drive throughout the world uh, without these uh, restrictions that are put on them. And they proved through research, and they did a lot of research, they proved through research that drivers, deaf drivers are as safe or safer than hearing drivers. And the whole post is on askthetrucker.com. You can you can read about it. It's got um, details of what happened. And what Greg did was he decided to. Uh, he's also in the group. He, he hears. He's a hearing driver, uh, and he's in the group just like we are. And uh, Rich Wilson, I think you're in the group. And yep. and uh, and Rich has helped them tremendously on these regulations, uh, helping with the research. And, you know, just just being a, a support and uh, to lead them in direction. I think you started last year at the convention starting to lead them, Richard. Um, but uh, anyway, Greg decided he was going to see what it felt like to be a deaf truck driver, so he put earplugs in his ears. And now I'm just going to give it to Greg. Go ahead.
6: Oh, thanks, I got so much to say, I'm not sure where to start. I met these people a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to be honest, I was a little skeptical about this, you know, and I, I got to asking questions, and every time I asked them a question, they had an answer for me, and I'm like, okay, okay, we can do this, and I got to talking to them, and the more I got to know them, I realized, you know, what, what good people they were, and... uh I decided to do an experiment. I put earplugs on my ears, no telephone, no CB, no XM radio, and I drove all day long, my normal routine was earplugs. And I understand it don't make me completely deaf, but I lost probably about 80% of my hearing. And as the day went on, I, I caught myself changing my driving habits. I drove slower than I usually do. I caught myself watching my mirrors more than I usually do. Uh, You know, I I was watching behind me as far as I could see, watching ahead of me as far as I could see. Uh, I caught myself, I I could just, my engine was just barely a hum, and I learned to feel the vibrations in my truck as far as when it was time to change gears and everything, and
7: and it it was
6: a, a great day, you know, and usually, you know, my normal driving, You know, about halfway through the day, everybody's guilty of it. You start getting tired, and, uh, you know, you fall down in a little slump and start changing radio stations and this and that and the other. But when I was wearing my earplugs, I was on my toes all day. I was alert. You know, I was 110% watching my surroundings. I never had a chance to get tired. And at the end of the day, it it was great, you know, and I just – Honestly, I don't see any problem with the deaf trucker out here, you know. I just I just wish, I'm just trying to get people to be open, more open-minded and help these people. You know, they, uh, I talk to them every day for the last few weeks, and it seems like every waking moment, that's all they're doing is trying to fulfill their dream and get somebody to give them a chance, you know, an opportunity to prove themselves. And that's what I'm trying to do is help them out.
4: I
3: think that's great, and yeah, they've been fighting this for a long time. What's really interesting about this, Greg, which I know I'm sure you know, is uh, in Canada, uh, deaf. You know, they allow deaf drivers, and they don't. They have uh, posted the reports and studies uh, that very safe, very safe drivers, and uh, uh, so yeah, it was real interesting to see that you were doing this. Now, how long you been doing it?
6: I, for two. Well, I, I just done the with the earplugs just one day. You know, but I've One been day. talking with them. I've got yes, sir, I've been talking to them and I've been doing you know, I've been driving, I haven't been home, I haven't taken any time off since I met these people, but I've I've read research that other people's done, uh, like nationwide auto insurance in two thousand and eight. They said deaf drivers had an impeccable driving record. Their driving record was actually better than hearing drivers. Uh, they right. in on there that their they're professional, their, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, their peri- peripheral vision is extremely better than the, than people that that can hear. And uh, I just, you know, myself, I don't really see any problem with it. You know, I just wish I could get more people to be
0: open-minded about it. Well, that's, that's a thing. You know, if you have something wrong, and this goes for anybody, if something is not just right uh, with one part of your body, your the rest of your body will kick in. Um and I think the most remarkable example that I can think of cuz I'm I love music and uh classical music and there is a um an Israeli violinist who is so outstanding. Um I think he was a, at one point um the best in the world, but his one arm was crippled. But he learned how to do it where, you know, it it not just works, but it became the best. So um, th- this is just the thing with your senses. The rest of them all kick in, like your peripheral vision, your your eyesight is spot on, and you can feel your feeling, your touch, and everything. If you read some of the research, is so much more sensitive that you can feel anything different within the truck. And the other point, too, is a lot of drivers, and I can't say for myself... Alan, you can attest to this. You can't hear much in the truck anyway, can you? Uh, no, no. Well, oh, Well, no, not it.
3: really. I mean, a lot of the trucks today have gotten a lot better and a lot quieter, but, you know, no, uh-uh. there's still they're still plenty of noise. I think it has a lot to do with just fear of the unknown, and, you know, like I brought up Canada. They've been doing it for years and years, not a problem at all. You don't even need a special waiver or anything in, in Canada, is my understanding. So I think Greg hit it right on the... Right on the nail when he said it's just uh all has to do with uh open mindedness, you know, I think we're just really closed mind and uh uh I don't know, Richard, just a lot of you know we you, we just we touched on this at the convention last year too, you know it's just uh you predicted though that you know maybe in the future it might you know it might might happen, but it sure is a sure is a struggle,
8: well and i mean they they went to the they went as far as uh and I give them a lot of credit because their organization is amazing um but one of the one of the things was that they actually got a federal register notice um on um requesting comments uh about um hard of hearing drivers or or um So where people you could write in and make a comment on it i posted it i'm trying to find it now on the uh through the federal registry program and i thought that was amazing the fact that they even were acknowledged to the point where they were um recognized by the federal motor carrier uh to even uh you know file a um notice of comment and uh, uh i know a lot of people uh you know, filed comments, uh, some positive, some negative. Of course, I, I filed mine on there. You know, I said that, uh, um, you know, the data was in, you know, from the Canadian studies and other studies that said uh, drivers with hearing impaired um, are just as safe a driver as as the drivers that aren't. And um, th- the thing about it was is they presented themselves, the fact that they got Larry Miner there to even recognize him, I give them a lot of credit because getting Larry Miner involved in anything, as busy as he is, is is an amazing accomplishment on their part. Um, And the fact that they were recognized and, uh, you know, that that even the opportunity for a, um, uh, you know, uh, in the Federal Register for a notice of comments – and the thing about it is, you know, our 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 you know, we have so many rules and regulations covering ADA and American with Disabilities Act and how employers have to make, uh, you know, uh, considerations. Uh, we have, you know, there's vision exemptions, there's diabetes exemptions, and I mean they have pretty, you know, pretty rigid rigid uh, qualifications to use that, but at least they're there. I mean, you can, you know, you can file for an exemption. And they, you know, up to this point, the only availability that the drivers had was to get a local intrastate CDL and in which states allowed them and and drive intrastate. Well, my feeling is that if they're driving intrastate and they're not having any problems and they're not unsafe, then I don't see a reason why they can't, like, the same people that are minus a limb or, or you know, have a a vision situation. Uh, I would think that seeing is as much of a hazard as, you know, or more of a hazard personally than, um, 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 you know, hearing. And the Canadian studies, and there's an Australian study. There was actually a study in Israel. Um, There's deaf drivers driving in Israel, and they're one of the most stringent countries there is as far as dot regulations so i I think it's a great thing i've been behind them i've worked with them um you know when 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 i've been asked by certain people in washington you know my take on it and i says hey i don't have a problem with them as long as they meet the the, you know whatever criteria a fair criteria they come up with but don't discriminate our country's all based on non-discrimination and the hard of hearing are, are the most discriminated body of people out there in our industry because they're 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 you know sub, you know suppressed on even trying to make a living before they're ever given the chance to prove it. Hey, Rich. Well,
3: and and I, I see another struggle that they're gonna to have too and Donna we went through this with driver James Queen uh who's deaf and we we helped uh, a lot to uh to get him on uh at Swift and and Greg, this is another thing too. I mean, the FMCSA a while back, you know, they accepted forty five hundred applications from deaf people. But uh, another struggle that I see coming up, even if this is all you know accepted and and it's allowed, um, like with James Queen Donna, they're going to have problems with the, with the companies.
0: Well, that's that's what Bruce is um, experiencing right now, and he's trying to. Find a company that will take him on because uh, we went through that with James. So, right, it's gonna that's gonna we 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 jumped through a lot of hoops with James Queen, and uh, eventually, eventually, it did work out with Swift. Uh, But I think if the regulations were modified, that that would ease them a little bit as far as being so skeptical and cynical. And I think that's that's gonna make a major uh i mean you agree if the if richard if the if the regulations are modified that uh companies would be more apt to uh to hire
8: oh, well, let let's 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 look at this way right now we know i mean even national attention in the mainstream media is actually coming out about the driver shortage okay uh we're actually getting real recognition even from the mainstream media about um um uh, the uh the, the, the shortage of drivers. So if the data can produce that these are safe drivers and the regulations are such to where uh a carrier or a company can go and the driver show up with a you know uh an exemption certificate stating they're fully qualified to drive then if a if a carrier wouldn't hire them because of a certain disability then the carrier could actually be held uh you know accountable for discrimination so the rules well you know
3: you know you, I, I don't mean to jump in here but don't you think that a motor carrier would have uh the right to stand on i can sum it up in one word liability i mean don't they also have the right to uh protect their liability and if they say well you know we just you know, we just can't afford. We just can't accept the liability to this. Do they have the uh, the leg to stand on?
8: Uh, well, the thing about it is, Carrier ultimately has the decision to hire and fire whoever they want to hire. Um, right. So, you know, saying that there's 10 million excuses not to hire somebody other than their hearing problem. What I'm saying is, if a competent, qualified driver with a, with a certificate uh, of exemption. Uh, came to that carrier and met right. all the other qualifications. I don't see why they wouldn't want to hire the guy. You know, right? I, mean, I, I
0: well, have uh, convinced about the safety, and I don't think they they realize all the research that's been done.
3: I, I think it would well, come back as discri- discrimination, but I think they I think the way they're going to get around that is the one word that I summed up with liability. But that that could set themselves up for a discriminatory lawsuit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially if, if the regulations are changed and, or, or at least modified in some degree. And uh and and then the the research approves them, which the insurance companies have already admitted uh that they're safer drivers. I mean, if you if you look it up, it's a fact. So and I don't know, Greg. And and Bill, I heard you jumped
3: in there a second ago. Just a second, I'll let you jump in here. Yeah. but I don't. I don't know, Greg. Um, I mean, would you even want to uh, to get a job that way? If if you're qualified through the FMCSA, the regulations, you're all set up, you're ready to go. Uh, motor carrier is fighting back with uh, liability cause. Um, I mean, this, this, this driving is tough enough. I mean, would you even want to? Uh, uh, to battle to get a job that way.
0: Well,
6: I, I you know, think. Yeah. Go you've got a point, Richard. Actually, took the words out of my mouth. You know, I, I was going to bring that up too. You know, talking about the driver shortage and this and that and the other. Well, there's a cure to our problem. You know, and uh, like I said, when I was driving the other day, I had to train myself to do the things that I did. Well, most of these people has been deaf all of their life for most of, the, most of their life. So what I had to train myself to do comes naturally for them. You know, so I put one foot in front of the other. You know, and, and, and somebody that wants something as bad as they want it, if they had the opportunity to be able to do that, They're going to grasp a hold of it, and they're not going to let it go. They're not going to mess up. Me, personally, I feel so comfortable with them, which I'm just one person, of course. But I'm an owner-operator, and I've actually been kicking the thought around about buying a truck here soon in the next few months. I'm so comfortable with them, I would hire one of them in a heartbeat.
0: And I think that's that's what what the carriers are going to have to feel. I think they're going to have to read enough about this and say, "Hey, wait a minute. You know, we're passing up on a great opportunity. We're going to have a driver who's really grateful to have a job. They're safe and qualified. Hey." There's a driver shortage, guys. <laughs> yeah, you know because they really can't come
3: back. They really can't come back and say, you know, well that's impossible. It can't be done. I don't know what the number is, but but there are quite a few deaf drivers out there.
8: Well, you know, and, I, and the thing is, one thing I want to say, and I know that 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 this may not be, you know, the black and white data information. Uh, out there, but the passion these people have, and the, the 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 want and the will to get into the industry is amazing because nobody else out there today has any you know passion or or want or dream to get into our industry like they did twenty twenty five years ago, and right. you have you have a group of people that their dream is to drive a truck. And let's not forget that. Let's let's not, you know, give that up because we need people to come into – I mean, driving is a lifestyle. It's a job, but it's a lifestyle. And to have people that passionate about coming into our industry, it's like an open door. Somebody look behind it and look at all the possibility of employees we got sitting there that are going to be conscientious that aren't going to have the general distractions that a normal driver has. I mean, I I talked to one of my clients one day in, in, in this, and the guy's got like 15, 20 trucks. And I said, what is the feasibility you like, might consider this? And, they, and he kind of hesitated and everything. And I said, well, what is one of your biggest problems right now? He says, getting my guys to go where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. I said, and what's that reason? Well, they're either on the phone or they're sitting in truck stops or running their mouths they're doing this or doing that. And I said, well, you know one thing about it? A person that has a hearing impairment isn't going to sit around in a truck stop talking. They're going to get in the truck. They're going to drive their legal amount of time. They're going to be coherent. They're not going to have the distractions. Uh, Another thing they're going to do, they're going to look at their gauges. They're going to watch those gauges, and they're going to notice when something's going wrong a lot faster than most guys listening to an engine and waiting for the alarm to come on. So the positives are there. And The thing is, we just need to sell this whole program to the Fed, and the bottom line is, until the Fed recognizes it and makes it a a rule to where a hearing impaired driver can file for a certificate of exemption, then nothing's ever going to be done about it. So I put the link up on the chat room if everybody's looking on there. And they can go to that website and I think they got till the twenty seventh of July, Greg, to file um a comment. Twenty
6: fifth actually. actually.
8: Yeah, and uh but to go on there and file a con you know, file a comment. It's not that hard. We talked about that at the convention last year. We got all these voices out here. Let's use it. And I'm gonna tell you something. If you're passionate about uh just in both sides, and we're talking here yin and yang, but the thing is if you are passionate and 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 it's like Greg said, Greg did the test. He's a perfect example of it. So you know yeah. he can drive safely, he can drive coherently, and he was less tired. So maybe these are the guys that we need out there that can utilize the eleven hours more efficiently.
3: Yeah, I uh, agree. And and, crazy, and uh, Bill,
6: as it sounds as crazy as it sounds. I actually felt safer, you know, because when I had the earplugs in, I was, uh, you know, I had more attention on what I was doing than what I would normally do. So I actually felt safer, you know, like that, as crazy as it sounds.
3: No, that's. I mean, that's what they say. They say their, you know, other senses are so much stronger than ours, and, you know, I don't think anybody can argue with that. Uh, Bill, go ahead. Jump in here. What's Jump back in here in the forum. What do you got?
1: Um, I I just want to ask, is anybody thought about contacting Gallaudet University. Um, Gallaudet is the leading is the national leading college for people who are hearing impaired. Um they're in Washington DC. Um I've dealt with a lot of people who have gone to college there, who have been prospects to go to college there. I uh, grew up with a kid who had a hearing problems um played ball. He was one of the most dedicated people to play ball. Um what you guys have been saying is true. The uh the other senses guys you know, uh what Greg went through only a day or so of wearing hearing plugs, there are days when we pull heavy loads that we have to um wear hearing protection. Um just just go down the road because it's my motor is so loud it, it's it's pretty loud. But um I've seen you know, it pipe what what's, yeah. What was the, yeah, what Rich, was the name of the Rich university? Is, Galludet. G A L L U D E T. You can google it. Um, well, I ho-
3: hold on a second. I'm going to let me uh I can't write that fast. G A what?
1: G A L L U D D isn't David ET. And if you guys are really wanting to help these people, push this um they're in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. If I remember correctly, they're actually in D.C. Uh, uh-huh. They would be the people to contact for uh, hard of hearing or deaf people's rights. Um, that They're very I'll, Yeah, active. I'll get a
3: hold of them. We'll try to get somebody on the show.
1: Yeah. Uh, that that was that'd my only suggestion. That
6: would be yeah. great. Thank you for
3: that. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, good. Uh, I got it written down here, so we'll we'll contact somebody there and try to get them on the, uh, try to bring them here on the show. So, uh, uh, all right, Greg, anything else? I uh, want to give you whatever time you need. Well, uh, um,
6: that's it, man. I think I pretty much covered everything. By the time I hang up, I'll think of something else. But right now, I'm good.
4: <laughs> <laughs> all I, right. I want to
6: thank you. Thank you for letting me on, and thank you for helping us, and thank you,
8: Richard. And thank you, Bill. You're very welcome.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot and appreciate you t- joining us this evening cuz I think it was a great thing that you did and and uh I'm sure it brought you a lot of perspective and and Donna we've been we've been kind of dealing with this for a while, you know, trying to uh, uh you know, get this point across where you know, just this closed-mindedness that we seem to have in this country, but you know, but then again, got to give the FMCSA credit too. They they have offered you know bringing in those applications, but it sure has been a long ongoing battle, it seems,
0: yeah, and i think I think and this is the key i think the key word two two key words organization and awareness, and I think people's fears there's a lot of drivers that they hear what the a deaf driver uh oh how oh, but it's the fear of not and not understanding. And it keeps people on the other side of the fence. And then once they read a little, like Greg, because Greg said himself he was pretty skeptical at first, and oh, then he, yeah, he decided, you know, well, let me just find out. Started asking questions. Well, what do you do about a police siren? What do you do? I mean, uh, they're going to write q and A, a Q&A up of the t- most um, common questions asked by hearing drivers of how they uh, react. Things. One of them I remember was the cat scales. How do you deal with the cat scales? Well, they have an easy way they do it. Every they have an answer for everything of how they adapt to uh, the driving. Mm-hmm.
8: It's very easy. So I idea. mean, you, know, very, you go and you get the printout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it was something that, uh, with sorry, vibrations, like if they. I don't know if they felt three vibrations or five vibrations. Maybe I'm mixing up a couple of different things, but I thought it was I'm, the cat. I'm the,
6: I'm, the, I'm the one that asked them that question. Before oh, they get on okay. the scale, they'll park the truck. I'm the one that asked them that. Before, okay. they, before they get on the scale, they'll park the truck. They take a note inside and give it to the, the the lady at the fuel desk. They get on the cat scale. They push the button three times so the lady will know that it's them. They'll take their hand on the and put it on the speaker when the lady starts talking, they can feel the speaker vibrating. Or well, when it stops vibrating, they know she's done talking. They'll move her hand, move their hand, and go park and get inside and get your skill ticket. And uh, I, I asked them another question. I said, what do you do if you get through a ship or a receiver and the gates close? There's been several times that you have to talk to them on an inter- intercom or call them on the CB. What do you do then? They said, well, we text message our dispatcher, and our dispatcher will call them and tell them we're here, and they open the gate.
7: And it's, it's a, it was
6: all elementary questions, you know. And when I asked them and when they gave me the answers, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, well, that's easy
8: enough. We
7: can do this,
8: you know. And hey, the more I talked to them, the better I felt hey greg i i i i heard something the other day that it totally blew me away i was at a, co- a construction company doing work and there was a fellow that was a hard uh, hearing impaired driver that pulled up and he had a pre he had a little tape recorder in his hand and he actually got his dispatcher to tape the pickup number he was there for and when he walked into the thing he was there to get a load he hit the button and, the, and the, the number, the guy set the number, and then it would load he got. And it's the same thing with the gate. If they have a speaker, he could have a pre-recorded, a message on a little handheld tape recorder, could push the button and says, I'm here to pick up so-and-so, I'm here to deliver such-and-such, you know, like that. So I thought that was a really neat idea, and I was going to post that in the uh, Deaf Trucker's website. I hadn't got around to it yet. But I just sat there totally me. I said, "That's so easy. You can have it that's pre-recorded." Great.
6: Yeah, that's great. And they're just so sincere, and they 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 know what's going on. They, they they know what's up with trucking. Like the other day, I took a picture of myself with the with the earplugs in. I took a picture of myself, and I posted it on their 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 site. Let's go trucking. And my phone just blew up. You know, they were telling me what to do and watch my mirrors and keep my hand on the gear shift. And, I mean, my phone just went crazy. You know, they were telling me what to do, and they were concerned about me. And, you know, it was it was awesome. That's all I can say. It was awesome.
8: Now, one negativity that I've run into that, that I, I find totally appalling, and I use that word with parentheses on both ends because you can't see me putting my two fingers up, is the fact that I was discussing at a mix act meeting in Washington with some officers outside, and I said something about, and I said it like this: Would you have a problem if a a hearing impaired driver was to pull onto the scale, and you told him to pull around back, and he pulls around back, and he comes in, and you asking him questions, and he's writing an answer, and I actually had one of the officers says, I don't have time to listen to that. And I got thinking to myself, you know what, I guess everybody in your family just must be blessed with perfect health and that you have no consideration from ever anybody. And the guy looked at me like I had lost my head. You know, it's like, I don't have time for that. But then again, we're seeing that with hearing drivers, how they're writing up erroneous violations, so what gives us any indication we're going to be any more understanding or compassionate for a hearing-impaired driver?
6: Yeah, you're, you're right. You're exactly right. And I admit, you know, if, if this does get passed, you know, there's going to be incident incidences where, you know, it's just going to be the deal, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. You know, they're going to run into obstacles. You know, there's not no any ifs, ands, buts about that. But as far as safety goes, as far as getting a truck down the highway, like I said, I'd hire one in a heartbeat. I wouldn't think twice about it. That's how comfortable I am with it.
8: But the thing that I think that I think the need to be is it needs to be addressed that, you know, once these certificates are issued, you know, if it comes to fruition, and I hope it does, that that will be something that the guidelines, even under CVSA, uh, and I would love to dwell into that and find out how Canada, uh, you know, is it written into their regulations since they allow them that the, the officers have to, you know, show some consideration for them? I mean, what's wrong with, you know, I mean, what's going to be the percentage of 13 million CDL drivers that they're going to have to deal with that are going to be hearing impaired drivers? I mean, you know, 1%? I mean, come on, you can't give a guy five minutes to write something on a piece of paper and ask a question? You know, that's what I'm saying. I need It needs to be addressed in that. And that's something DTU needs to address it when they present this, if it does come to fruition, um, to where it's mandatory that the officers do allow this and do cooperate.
7: Well, I do have a comment to uh, to say to that. Who's this? This is Debbie. <laughs> hey,
0: Debbie, how are you? <laughs> uh,
7: doing good. Um, You know, when we start talking about the deaf community, the biggest thing that most of them, have learned from early childhood and I mean these people who are born deaf they have been to special training they've been to special schools. they have learned to read lips so most of them can communicate and a lot of them have gone through training so they can speak as well as you and I do and if an officer is going to sit there and discriminate because Somebody is deaf Or hard of hearing Because think about it The population of truck drivers Out there right now Most of them are in their 40s In the next 15 years Most of these people Are going to be going to Wearing some sort of hearing aid Or hearing assistance The officers already Have to deal with people Who are unable to speak Who are unable to communicate, either because of nationality or because they do have a hearing problem. So, you know, what? what's to stop them from just sticking a sticker on their door so that people know? I mean, what, most people probably just say, oh, well, oh, that's the 1%, let them go on by. Oh, I mean, that's a great a idea. Number... I, ne- I never
6: thought
8: of that. <laughs> that's a great idea. I agree with everything you just said. I agree with everything you said and i and I believe in it, and you're absolutely right when you bring up the portion it's funny there's a regulation that says must be able to read speak and understand <laughs> you know, hungry, enough to communicate, but yet there's so many drivers out here they can't hardly speak a lick of English, but yet they deal with them every day. But when you take one percent of the population or less, and you know they may have to take a few minutes just to to communicate a little bit more. And they have no tolerance for that. Uh, or and like I said, I'm not saying all of them, but just the ones that I I canvassed. You know, the one the one out one out of the group. And by saying that, that was one person out, maybe less than one percent of the officers. So you know, he just was, it was one guy. Not, I didn't mean the whole. You know every officer out there. He just was had a, like an attitude, but I imagine this guy probably has an attitude toward hearing drivers as well. You know, so the thing about it is, this is the type of situation that needs to be addressed, and and those questions, you know, uh, uh, you know, debated amongst you know themselves, and and to come up with the answers as part of that problematic system of presenting questions and answers, because that question will be brought up to them and address it now before you know, it comes time to where they have to testify or whatever, then they can present that. And that's one thing I'm just trying to make aware that they need to bring that up. You know what I mean? I'm being positive about it, but that's going to be a question they're going to direct. They can add that to their list of questions.
7: Well, well, the other part is, is most people don't realize, and I'm saying this because I did work with the deaf community for a while. They have special equipment that can be attached to the truck, or they use visual cues to things that are going on around them, as opposed to what we use, which is hearing cues, so there's already the applications are already there. they use it in cars all the time, mm. and it's no big deal,
8: great, so it just that just is more
7: ammunition in their fire, oh yeah.
8: Yeah, I mean use it. That's what I say. If you got
7: it, use it. Uh, and the other thing is 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 their way of hearing is not what you and I consider hearing. Everything in their life is a form of vibration. And it takes on a whole new level. I mean I'm sure it you know, if we all stuck earplugs in our ears for a day and went out and sat in a truck or went anywhere, you would notice the cues, just because of the way the truck or any piece of machinery runs just by the vibrations, because everything's different, everything's a little bit you know different, and I mean even people who are hearing shift or change gears not based on what they're looking at you know down at below, but they're looking at or they're feeling it or you know the vibrations through the shifter through the truck. I mean, that that happens every single day, whether we want to admit it or not.
6: Yeah, you're exactly right, because I noticed that. I could feel the vibrations coming up through the floor, you know, through my feet, and then they were telling me, you know, keep your hand on your shifter, feel the vibrations. You know, that's what they kept telling me, you know, so you're 100% right.
8: And with the new engines, with the new engines that are out there today to run more efficient, you better be watching the tack when you're shifting. Right. So,
7: I mean, it's worth the time. Well, I mean, there are visual clues there, but I'm saying, e- even those. I mean, to feel the minute changes is amazing. And I mean, like I said, put a pair of earplugs in for a day. You will notice. I mean, go ride, go around in your car, and you will even feel your car change gears. Doesn't matter if you've got an automatic or you have to shift gears yourself. You'll still feel it. And that's I mean I don't know of any car out there that is completely vibration free. Well, I can't I mean, afford it. <laughs> well, I mean you know think about think about the road conditions out there now. I mean there's no, there's nothing out there that's vibration free. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
8: No, I agree. I think and I think it's a great and and like I said, if you know about the thing about shifting gears, hell, every truck's got a tack in it. So, I mean, the worst-case scenario, you can visualize watching the tack. In fact, most people don't take it to the bottom to, to the full torque range. They're supposed to take it in anyway. to shift it properly. They go by the sound, and if they probably went by the tack, they'd probably get better fuel mileage. Yeah, yeah. So they'd be better drivers. I If I if I was back in the trucking business and I had a fleet, heck yeah, I'd want all of them to be that way. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I, just, well, I think this is a good thing. I, I mean they've only got a few more days till we find out and I'm just mad for them. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed and praying that it goes through. I I think it'll really be a good thing.
8: Well I want right, everybody to I want everybody to go on that link that I put on the, in there or uh Alan, you and I can post it again uh on, on the web book on the web, on Facebook or whatever. Um the GTU news on, on the
0: on the, Ask the trucker. Um, So, yeah, okay, we can do that
8: Make their comments Follow their comments
6: Yeah, because I'm not on the chat I'm just on on my phone So if if y'all could post it to DTU site Or something so I can get on there and see it myself I'm not in the chat room, I'm just on the phone Okay Okay. We'll get it
0: back there
6: for you, Greg Thank you very much, I appreciate it But I want to thank all of you for letting me on the show And listening to me and I, I appreciate it. I appreciate all the help. I've just I've just made it a a number one mission of mine to do whatever I can to try to help them. Yeah. These are just great great people.
0: Well, they're gonna all be at the convention. Not all of them, obviously. There's 150 in the group, but um, there's quite a few of them, and uh, we hope we hope to get to meet you there. I know they'd love to meet you there too. So uh, I'll I won't be
6: there. I, I promise you, I'll be there. Not to correct you, but there's two or three in the group now. It's growing steadily.
0: Well, Wait a minute. Two or three in what group?
6: Two hundred and three. And were you talking oh, about? Oh,
0: okay. Well, I guess I'm a little behind time. Yeah, they're growing. Okay. Oh my goodness! And you know what? When you think about it, that's not a lot of people to accomplish what they did. Rich, doesn't it amaze you what they what they've accomplished? I'm amazed, really.
8: I'm, I'm totally. I I have to give them kudos in every aspect of it because. You know, for them, they have a national organization to get behind them, you know, which they're just a, a small portion of in that. You know, I mean, there's a lot of other things in that. But to come in there with the strength and the power they did with so few people just totally amazes me, and it makes me proud to be a part of that group since I've been part of it and help them because they are some of the most appreciative people out there. And I thank them all for allowing me to help them and work with them because, I do get a sincere, good feeling, you know, when I do work for them. And, you know, with my schedule, I don't have a lot of free time, and with time I can offer them, I get rewarded tenfold.
6: Now, Richard, yeah. I, could
8: be, I could be mistaken, but I think,
6: like I said, I could be wrong, but I think me and you are and Alan, of course, are the only members on there that could hear. So I just decided to take the bull by the horns, and I stepped up to the plate. That's why I'm speaking to you fine people today.
0: I think there's a few wives on there of deaf truckers, too. Uh, somebody's okay. in the chat tonight. Um, Susie's is a, is a member there. But, um, yeah, I know most of them are deaf. And uh, But, you know, like I said, can you imagine, Richard, if drivers had that kind of passion? Oh,
8: we'd have a different industry today.
0: Yeah, have, but I mean, I, I I'm trying to think how they they accomplish this, and there's three million drivers. Is it organization? Is it the fact that just a lot of people, you know, they they write and they. This it's, it's, map, it's, there's not enough organization.
3: It's, take, it's taking action. I mean, just before the show, wasn't you telling me, Donna, about uh, who was it who uh, – did it have something to do with the CSA or
0: the PSP, but they wrote their Congress? Well, yeah, no, that was uh, – Was that Jeff? Yeah, that was Jeff. That was Jeff. He had a Jeff. post on Facebook, and uh, – uh, He took action. But, but, you know, that's what I'm saying. How is it that – uh, uh, not hey. even all 200 of them, like 10 or 15, maybe 20 of them, were Madonna? able to accomplish this. Yeah, go ahead, Deb. I,
7: I'll go ahead and tell you, I know exactly how they accomplish it. Um, you got to understand, once you're born into the deaf community, it is a community. You are part of it for your entire life. So they're very close-knit. They are very very organized I mean you should see them it, it's incredible to to be I mean I had the privilege of dealing with a family of six everybody ranged from hearing to completely deaf and everybody was on board they were all a unified group whenever they came and you know we saw them, every one of them could speak every one of them could sign Every one of them had, you know, a common cause. They were always together. And it's something that I don't know if you want to say they're forced into or something that they take with great pride, but they are not ashamed of their condition. They they don't think of it any more of a handicap than anything else that anybody else out there has. It's just that they are very passionate about, being able to be accepted into society, and that's all they really want. They just want right. to have the same chance as everybody else does. And I'll never,
8: very, I'll never forget the table with them sitting at at the convention last year and coming out to my table to talk to me as a group. They were unified. They came together. They sat together. Uh, they, you know, they they present, presented themselves in a very professional manner, and you know that's probably one of the reasons they impressed me to come on and try to help them as best as they could was their unity, you know. And and like you said, they're they're and they're very protective of themselves. And I I think that is a really really good accomplishment and high praises for you know for them.
0: Well, I tell you what, like I said, if if they can accomplish what they did, there's no reason that. Uh, even ten percent of dollars One percent, thirty thousand. Okay, one percent of the of the drivers, if they had that kind of passion, and motivation, 13, and unity, and to 13, stick by 13, one 13, another, and not bash 13, one another, and not feel like it's a big competition. You know, real true unity. I think, yeah. I
4: think a lot not, could happen.
0: No, that's huh? that's thirteen million. 13
8: million? Thirteen million Thirteen million CDL drivers.
0: Oh, are there? Okay, well, what do I know? <laughs> I thought yeah, it was three million. million.
8: That's, even, that's even more. I mean, uh,
0: there's 13 million
8: CDL drivers that can't agree on what day it is. But yet we've got, you know, a very small minority of hearing impaired drivers that, you know, aren't unified and, and are together. And that that says a lot for that group. I I'm just
0: I'm just amazed and it it's very um it's an inspiration and it should be an inspiration to everybody and it should give hope to everybody and um we're just looking, they're so excited about the convention I mean they have more enthusiasm than uh most of the other drivers I mean I mean, not the ones that are attending that have signed up, but a lot of the other ones you know they're like, Oh, okay, they don't get it, they don't see the importance of what it can do and and yet these people do, so you know, i I'm I a, very grateful
8: I get, a, I get a taste I get a taste of how they feel because when I go to d t u and they post their v logs, I feel so uh alienated because I don't understand what they're saying. And I feel like I'm missing something, so I kind of, it's a reverse, reverse uh, role. Right. It, as I feel that I'm, like, missing something that is probably very important to Bruce or, or, you know, one of the guys that I'm like, oh, I wish I understood what he was saying because he's probably saying something I'd really like to understand. I need an interpreter to go on their site. <laughs> and, the you day. know, that's the
0: point. We we need to be in that situation to to understand. And if you notice – how much they go out of the way to make sure you do understand they start taking out their tablets and writing and uh it's it's just nice you know it's it's a good example of how to be uh, a good person in life
6: Absolutely. i'd like to hit on, hit on two things what richard said number one since i've been on their side i've only been on there a couple of weeks now but sometimes they forget but Oh, I forgot her name. One of the one of the ladies, one of the members there. She said, "Well, we have a hearing driver here now. We need to, in, in, you know, interpret. So they'll do their sign and then when they get finished, they'll type it in so I can understand. You know, they just started doing that." You know, after after I got on there the other day, you know, that's how compassionate they are. You know, am like, wow, you know. I kind of felt bad because I knew they were doing that, you know, for me, but it was awful nice of them. Me too. Uh, to go to what Deb said a while ago about them not wanting to do any handouts, that's another thing that impressed me about them too because, you know, they're not using their handicap as a handicap. They're not asking for handouts. They're not asking for somebody oh, yeah. to feel sorry for them. All they're asking for is, their chance to prove themselves, or an opportunity to prove themselves. That's all we're asking for. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, it's it's good, and I hope it inspires a lot of people listening tonight. Um, that's all I can say.
9: Okay.
3: Yeah. Well, I'll we're going to watch to... it, and and uh, I think it's a great thing you did. Uh, you did, and you are doing, Greg. It's. Uh, I'm really glad you uh, you joined us and shared all that with us. And well, you thank you too, very uh,
6: much. And, 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 Alan, as far as that co- uh, convention goes, not to get off topic, but I'll message you tomorrow, and I want to get some more info, and I want to go ahead and pay and put my name on it. You can bank on it. I want to be there, too.
0: Are you Are you bringing your truck? Are you going to be parking, uh, Greg? Um,
6: I'll probably end up bringing my truck because I'm in Kansas City every week. I load in Wyoming and go to Kansas City, so I'll more than likely be in my big truck.
0: Okay, well, the reason I said that is you know about the uh, Pride in Your Ride contest um, that's yeah, going on. I Huh? Yeah,
3: so get it all shined up.
0: Get it all cleaned up. First place is the GPS. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but
6: I'll get with you tomorrow, Alan. I, I, I'm definitely going to be there. You can bank on it.
0: Okay, great. I'll
3: be looking forward to meeting you. All and right, Alan,
8: next year. and Alan, Alan, thank you too for your help with DTU because. You've been a big inspiration and a big help with them as well.
3: Oh well, I don't know how much I've done, but I tell you, it's, it's been a collaboration of a of a lot of people, just like yourself and Greg and so many others. And we're seeing that group grow. And and uh, you know, I was just sitting here thinking, listening to everybody talking and and everything. And um, I, I guess I kind of mind always goes back to politics. You know, just like Greg was saying, you know, they're not they're not asking for a handout, they're, they're, they just, you know, they want to work, they want to get out there, and, you know, they could easily sit back and, and draw SSI and disability and, and and let everybody pay their way in life, and that's not what they're wanting to do. They're wanting to get out there and get their hands dirty and work, and, and uh, you know, Donna, same thing with James Queen. That's all he wanted, and that's what he's doing.
0: Yeah, he's still doing it. I think he's on a dedicated run now. With Oh, is he? Yeah, he's on a dedicated yeah. run with Swift.
3: Is he getting more miles?
0: Um, you know, I, I don't know about his miles, but I guess at least he can, you know, count on miles. He knows where he's going and everything. I mean, he had
3: problems, and, but it didn't have anything to do with the hearing. He just had problems getting adjusted to the uh, life on the road.
0: Yeah, so I think this is working out real well for him now. So uh, well, Great. Him, and him and his girlfriend are supposed to be there.
3: All right. Well, hey, Greg, thanks again. Our time is getting short here, but, uh, yeah, really, I'll be looking for you at their convention. Hope you can make it.
6: All right, thank you, Alan. Thank you, Richard. And Thank you, Deb. You made some good points. Very good points. Thank all of you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Greg, for your time.
3: Thank all you, right, sir. take care. And uh, uh, we're winding down here. Bill or Deb or Richard, uh, any any final comments? Anything you want to mention? I know, Bill, you're still you're still fighting those EOBRs, I hear.
1: Well, I'm probably I'll keep fighting them. You know that.
0: <laughs> I think we're all fighting them. Yeah. Yeah, we are. So well, all
3: right. Hey, appreciate you joining in. Richard, any final comments or anything?
8: Uh just uh everybody keep keep aware of what's going on. Go on the site, the Federal Motor Carrier website. Uh go on and check uh your uh, uh Federal Registry notices. Uh notice came out today uh regarding um <clears throat> uh changes in uh some of the um uh... rulings uh... that came out and supplemental rulings uh... there's uh... always information that's coming out notice of comments put your comments in there the only way the government's going to know w- when you're sitting in the seat of that truck what your opinion is is to go on and find out when they publish a, uh, a notice of comments in the federal registry and go on and make comments. And, you know, I guess like I told everybody last year, they have to read every comment that's on there. So every person that writes in and, and makes a comment, even in the most simplistic uh, form, um, gets gets read. And, you know, that's action, like you said earlier. You know, we need action, and that's that's our direct line to the federal motor carrier and you know um, we're, we're 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 changing some of the the things that are going on, and we're making some of the things aware. But we can't give up now. We got to continue this fight. This fight's never ending. And uh, you know, everybody drive safely, be careful, and uh, uh, make sure that uh, you do your pre-trip inspections and don't give them any reason to write you up.
3: All right, that's a good way to.
0: Rich, can you? I mean. I... I don't know. Is there some way on your page um, – Trans Products doesn't have a page yet, right? Do they have a page?
8: No, no it's still the old one. We're working oh. on it.
0: No, no, I meant on Facebook.
8: Uh, yeah, they do, but it's it's nobody's maintaining it.
0: Okay. Well, then, on your page, if you could, like, make a note or a discussion or something where you can just post um, some of these links for everybody – to to check in comments and notifications and all that um, this way. Because if you put it on your wall, it just goes down and gets lost. But if it's a regular discussion that you could share, or we could take it and share it. I usually um,
8: do. Alan, you usually usually repost them. So when they come up, I usually post the links on here and I'll keep doing it.
0: Okay. All right. Um, but I meant, like, you know how you can click on notes or discussion, and then and then just put a whole bunch of whatever links you want to put on, and then, you know, it's done, uh, and it's in your archive. I don't know if you, if you do that often or not.
8: Uh, I haven't, but I'll check into it.
0: Okay. That'd be awesome. Uh, because, you know, we forget, too. I mean, it's just so much you can think of, you know? It's like well, one thing after another, but...
8: Yeah, I know. And right now, the Feds are keeping me very busy because they, like I said, they're shutting these small carriers down. Uh, and you know, and part of it's the carrier's fault, and I understand that. But you know, it's for so many years, you know, we've been, you know, guys rode around with conditional and unsatisfactory ratings, and it never really had a big impact. Now, you, the cooperative or the corrective action plan has become so important that when they send you a letter or a notification or an intervention, they don't have to come into your company. They can just send you a letter and say, hey, you got a high SMS uh, score or threshold, what are you going to do about it? And the, and the carriers have for years have been afraid to answer, and now they're coming back and all of a sudden they're getting cease and desist orders. And let me tell you something, once they're put out of business, it is a real, real uh hard uh long drawn out process to get reinstated and uh uh right now I've got several carriers that that are in a cease and desist mode, and like we discussed earlier, it's not that they're unsafe carriers; they may have just had a run of bad luck and they're small and they're at a disadvantage and uh Unfortunately, the big carriers have the lobbyists and have the people in Alexandria and Washington and they can afford, you know, to have full-time safety people. And the small carriers with the economy and the rates the way they are can't afford a full-time person. So that's where I've been very fortunate to be able to work with these people and help them and try to keep them running and keep people working. They're talking about the, the, the this this morning. The unemployment rate's up to over 346,000. Well, how many people does the FMCSA automatically put out of work when they shut a carrier down, and a lot of these guys have been with these carriers for a lot of years and really don't know anywhere else to go, and they're to that age that if they can't stay where they're at and where they're comfortable, they're just going to get out of the industry, and the driver shortage is going to grow bigger. So it's a rolling snowball. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and, and it seems like uh, that, that there's less compassion in the beltway than there was five years ago.
3: Okay. Oh, I was sitting here reading the chat, but uh, well, yeah, man, it sounds like a, a bigger problem than what I was aware of. I guess we just don't hear all the news, but I assume that uh, uh, most of these carriers you're dealing with are the smaller ones. I mean, the big ones, you know, um, obviously, like you said, have all that behind them. But uh, I would imagine, surely, the a lot of these smaller carriers are, 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 are fa- yeah are suffering and <laughs> facing this. So that's where you come in, Richard. Yeah.
8: Yeah, and and it's taking a lot of time, but like I said, uh it's well worth it to see a uh, you know, a company keep from being put out of service and keep the people working and see the smiles on their faces and you know, and the thing is in these and some of these big consulting firms you know, don't even want to bother with little guys. And that's, that's you know, kind of been my niche. And, you know, I'm very blessed the fact that, uh, you know, that I have a good following of people. And uh, it gives me a good, warm, fuzzy feeling when I put a carrier back in service.
0: Yeah, I, and that would be the number one thing because, uh, I, I don't know, just having results or fighting for something you believe so much in, I think that's the greatest feeling in the world. So I, I I can I can relate to that and I you must feel really good with all the people you're helping right now. Yeah. I try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen,
3: appreciate everything you do and uh glad to have you back on the show with your expertise and stay in touch and we'll hopefully see you in October.
8: Uh we'll be there. I was already I was Texting Donna today about it. so Yeah, uh, I was telling not- Ellen,
0: I know. I t- I, you know, I, I get so excited about it. You know how I get, I get like, you know, really, you know, um, passionate about everything. And when you were texting me, you know, I started getting really excited about the convention. I, and it is, it's a wonderful thing. I hope everybody can uh, can make it because it, it's a wonderful experience. So, uh, yeah, I was glad to hear from you today on the text. <laughs> yeah,
8: we're, we're, we're- we're we're uh, we're we're trying to get our plane tickets and stuff together, so uh you know, we're already working on it so we don't have to get that in last minute flights.
0: Oh, I know. I've already got my ticket for August. I'm flying out the eight to go talk to Harris and you know, look at the arrangement and everything right. So I'm kinda I'm excited about that too.
3: All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Richard, and uh keep in touch. And Donna, you have announcements as well too? Uh, yes. You do? Okay,
0: so... Because I wasn't prepared. You kind of sprung that one on me, Alan. uh,
3: Oh, well, we're going to take a quick break here, get our little sponsors in here that keeps the show going. So, uh, Bill and Richard and Greg and Jeff and everybody, and everybody still hanging on there, appreciate it. And we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, uh, Donna will give us her weekly announcements, and we'll wrap up this broadcast of Truth About Trucking
8: Live. So we'll be right back.
2: You're listening to Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back.
3: John Smith here The Truth About Trucking Live and AssetTrucker.com with an important message for owner, operators, and fleet owners. Hot John Incorporated is a company that makes the Dynasys APU, and if you're considering an auxiliary power unit for your truck but thought you just couldn't afford it, you need to talk to the Dynasys guys about their all-new financing program. The Dynasys APU saves fuel and provides AC, heating, plug-in power, all of those comfort necessities you deserve when you have to shut down for your mandatory break. It's definitely the smart way to be comfortable and save money. Their finance program is designed to make your monthly payment nearly half of what you're spending on fuel, with their goal of making APUs available for every hardworking driver. They realize that times are tough and that credit is hard to come by, so they offer four credit plans, giving all owner-operators and fleet owners a guaranteed financing opportunity. They can even get you hooked up with grants that can cover APU costs as well. Give them a call at 1-800-289-8282. It's free 1-800-289-8282 or just Google search Dynasys APU. Visit them online at hodjon.com. That's H-O-D-Y-O-N.com. The Dynasys APU, the best solution to engine idling. Heads
4: up, truckers.
2: There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one, Truth About Trucking Live. Now, back to the show.
3: All right, Donna,
0: anything new and exciting to share with our listeners this week? Well, I think think it's appropriate, and it kind of goes with the whole theme of the show, um, you know, talking about EOBRs and the... um, The lawsuit with OIDA and the FMCSA, Uh, the whole thing has to do with, you know, uniting together, uh, just like the the Deaf Truckers United did to see accomplishment. And uh, I'm I'm just going to talk a little bit about the convention, and that's exactly what this is trying to achieve. It's achieving unity, uh, camaraderie, uh, being educated, uh, it's honoring the professional driver. It's it's everything that drivers are seeking uh, in Kansas City on October 27th and 28th. It's a two-day event. Uh, we've got some tremendous speakers, Rich Wilson being one of them of Trans Products. Uh, he'll be the regulation speaker. Uh, we have Paul Taylor of Trucking Employment Law. We have Elaine Papp of the FMCSA. We have Kyla Lieberg of Truckers Against Trafficking, Rick Ash talking about truck driver health from the Trucking Solutions. And we have one of the best social media speakers around, ranked number 18 in Forbes magazine. This is a tremendous event, uh, and I can't tell you how important it is for everyone to be there. Um, The tickets are... Only ninety nine dollars, and I say only ninety nine because what it includes is two days of buffets, refreshments, five thousand dollars worth of prizes donated by Cobra, electronics, all your speakers, the awards, uh, the pr- free entry to the Pride in Your Ride contest. All that means is you get your your truck really shined up, buffed up. It Doesn't have to be a show truck. It just has to look really nice. And the prizes on that uh, are a GPS, a Cobra GPS, 7 inch, second place, a Cobra uh, 5 inch GPS, and third place, a a CB radio. I mean, those are some really nice prizes. So uh, we have the Jason Rivenberg Making a Difference Award. And uh, we have our special guest, our MC, Toby. Bogard. We have career counselor James McCormick for all those looking for jobs, looking for CDL training schools, Kari Fisher of Missing Truck Driver, James Napier of the Sunshine Survivors Group, Trucker Charity, Tony Hamilton, Operation Roger. I mean, it's a wonderful group of people gathering to learn what they can do to make the industry better. And if anybody is out there wondering what they can do, They really need to, if they at all possible, can be there on October 27th and 28th at Harris in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I just want to give a a shout out to Kathy Cass. Um, She's wonderful. She's with a Trucker's Wife blog. She's uh, been a tremendous help. Um, She's making the centerpieces this year for the convention, and I saw one on her website. They're really beautiful uh she's also a bronze sponsor of the convention uh kari fisher she's she's doing a lot just i mean she's really doing a tremendous amount making phone calls talking to people explaining you know when they're out on the road giving out bumper stickers so we appreciate everybody um i you know i don't want to keep naming names because uh, i'll forget somebody so tonight it's their uh their highlight Uh, I I want to, and it's very important because without them, this convention would not be occurring, Uh, I want to announce our sponsors. I'm going to start with the supporting sponsors, which is Trinity Logistics, Waller Truck Company, our bronze sponsors, the truckers, Trans Products and Services, Allen & Ayers Productions, Casey Trucker, who is also sponsoring the Pride in Your uh, truck Contest, Real Women in Trucking, Truck Drivers Money Saving Tip, Idle Air, Trucker2Trucker.com, Transport Watch, our silver sponsors, AirDoc, Lazada Corporation, Cobra Electronics, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing, Trip Sheet Central, our gold sponsors, Hajian of the Dynasys APU, Navistar International. And, of course, uh, there are gold sponsors and our platinum sponsors are Pilot Flying J and Challenge Magazine, and we thank them very much because uh, it's going to be a tremendous event, and uh, without them we wouldn't be able to do it. Um, I I really i am trying to look. I thought I had something about EOBRs on there, but actually I don't. Um, I probably left it in the other room. But I'll tell you what, if you want if you want to hear about EOBRs, you know, you can go to Bill McKelvey's page. He writes an awful lot. Overdrive magazine has a tremendous amount uh, written about EOBRs and what's going on with the <clears throat> in the bill. And yeah,
3: and you mean uh, Bill McKelvey's Facebook page?
0: Yes, his face. He writes a lot of course, he writes in all the groups too. Uh, but also um, landline has a lot. And if I was anybody, I would just eob, just type in Google eobrs, like landline or eobrs overdrive, and you'll come up and you'll be up to date on everything. Because uh, there's a lot going on, and you could really understand all the people that say, uh, well, I don't care if I have an eobr, it's just safer. Nah, it's that's not the way it is. So. Um, Just educate yourself a little bit more, and and you'll see what's going on with those EOBRs. That's about it. I just had to do that one from memory, but um, I just hope to see everybody. Just go to truckingsocialmedia.com, register, get your ticket. (laughs) You're
3: you're getting very mellow here.
0: Am I I (laughs) mellow?
3: (laughs) You're mellowing out on me.
0: Oh, okay. I think that means another pot of coffee needs to
3: be. <laughs> uh, that's it. Is that what you got?
0: That's all I have tonight. At-
3: okay. Yeah, and uh, and uh, promote the convention. Help help get the word out there. It was a great event last year, and and uh, it's going to be bigger and better this year. I mean, hey, we've got we've got Elaine Papp from the FMCSA. Uh, you know, thanks to uh, Rick Ash from the. Uh, trucking solutions group and a lot of good things going so help us get the word out right don
0: that's it
3: (laughs) you need your coffee
0: i know i'm i'm going down (laughs) all
3: right well listen sounds good thanks for spending a little of your time with us this evening be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites and become a follower of the show so you can be notified of our upcoming broadcasts and and, uh, you know, a, a little little behind here, but having just recently celebrated Independence Day, I want to give a big shout-out to our military listeners overseas. I, I'll i get an email now and then from them, but uh, obviously they are pretty busy over there, and hopefully we'll all be coming home soon. So uh, appreciate all that you do, and this song is dedicated to all of our brave men and women serving our country and preserving our freedom from the When the Big Rigs Don't Roll music CD produced by Allen & Ayers Productions on the web at com. Here's John Johnson of Johnson Brothers Recording Studio, located at mysongdemo.com, performing All for Liberty. So until next time, for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, everybody, and, hey, thanks
6: for listening.
4: his eyes you know the kind I mean he was chiseled strong steel, a trained Navy SEAL but he said I'm just part of a team he was in his dress blues there on the news talking about that damn war when somebody asked About his part, What he was Fighting for He said my country My family My friends And the right to be free I'll give all if I must To protect what is precious To me No matter the price I'll pay it all And I'll do it willingly And I won't back down I won't give ground All for liberty Material things Don't mean a thing They can all be replaced Take my car, my home I'll get along We all have problems we face Then his fist clenched up tight His knuckles went white Said I'll draw the line in the sand Try to take from me One piece of liberty It'll be out of these two dead hands He said My country, my family My friends And the right to be free I'll give all if I must To protect what is precious to me No matter I'll pay it all And I'll do it willingly And I won't back down I won't give ground All for liberty The crowd got up and cheered But he couldn't stand And I said a silent prayer For that man, I can't imagine the hell when those rockets fell, and he left part of his life there in the sand. He said, No matter the price, I'll pay it all, and I'll do it willingly. I won't back down I won't give ground All for Liberty